Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Sharing Socks. I'm uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. And behind him, a picture of uh, last night's uh, phenom in his one major league game, Gavin Sheets. Uh, I guess we could start with Sheets. <laughs> we, we haven't talked because we had our special guest, Dr. Alan Nathan, last week to talk about spin rates and the ball and all kinds of important things. And I want to kind of bring what he said into play for some of the games. We've had a long time. We've had the entire 0 for 4 Houston series that went by the boards there. We've had the split with the Pirates. We've had the losing two out of three to the Mariners. And then winning and making it much more exciting than it really had to be uh, last night against the Twins. That's a long stretch and not really a great one. Definitely uh, not a great one. I'm actually thrilled that this is uh, this is when we're touching base with the team again because if we had had to do it last week, oh, you would have got murder. you would have gotten one of my really angry rants. Uh, you know, last night closer game than it ever should have been, of course, but at least we squeaked out that first win against the Twins because. My goodness, we needed that win badly. Uh, and, you know, shout out to Gavin Sheets. Dude came up, got a nice opposite field hit in his first at bat, uh, double later in the game, few RBIs. The, the guy, you know, it's one of those things where I, I'm not ready to uh, pronounce him the, the next Paul Goldschmidt, but it's definitely uh, a situation where, that was as good as we could have hoped for. And he oh, yeah. came out 
came out with confidence. They were saying, you know, it. he actually felt like it helped that he got called up before and didn't play so that when he got up to play, he had already been in the stadium. He had already been around the speed of the game at the major league level. So he was a lot less nervous. And that showed. I mean, you could argue that he was a little nervous in his first at bat because the pitch that he did hit was about a foot outside. That being said, he took it the other way on a sharp liner. It was a great piece of hitting. Uh, and he didn't swing at the first pitch he saw, which was not in the zone. So I, I was really impressed with with Sheets at the plate. Uh, a lot of people on Sox Twitter have been saying, like, we got to give this guy a chance. We got to give him a shot. And I'm glad we did. I The question is going to be, how long will we have room for him? How long will we need him? Will he stay on this team once guys start coming back? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I think, first of all, the first event, I was impressed. I mean, that was nice. Take the, the outside pitch, even though, as you say, it was off the plate and uh, shovel it to left. That's exactly what left-handed pitchers should be doing, and, and he did it well. The other two were really luck. The the the, uh, the RBI, uh, if Kent Maeda doesn't reach out and click it with the tip of his mitt, it's a double play. It was hit exactly to Angelton Simmons, who either then raced to his right and be unable to get the DP, and it was not a hard hit ball. I think it was 76 or so. And yeah, then, of course, it might have been hit a little too slow for a double play, but yeah, it's, uh, it was certainly not an impressive hit. And then, then, of course, the double was just sheer luck of a pop up falling in, but it was great. I mean, he made all the routine plays and right. He did not make a play, probably should have made, but he's a first baseman, so I don't know right. how much you expect him to get. And his miss that turned into a double was immediately followed by Brian Goodwin misplaying a ball that turned into a double. So he had plenty of company. Um, oh, there's there's no so doubt. That's that a rough outfield out there, Vaughn. Vaughn yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I really would have put Billy Hamilton in the middle uh, so the other guys could just kind of stand there and let him run. <laughs> run. Well, <laughs> he did later. Um, but yeah, yeah. But it was very late. It was too late. Um, Oh, oh, speaking of Vaughn, I love – I had two favorite plays in that game. Uh, first, on the positive side for the Sox, was Yasmani Grandal laying down a beautiful bump for a single. I mean, that was classic. And that's what every left-handed batter should do until they make him change that shift and put a third baseman closer to a real position. Because every one of them, if they could bump worth a damn, could get on every time. Just with a moderately good bump, his was great. But you only need a moderately good one. And even if you're, even if you're, force them to stop the shift. That's how you beat the shift is to force them to stop it. But they don't do it because oh. I can I can tell you though that if Yasmani comes up to bat tonight and they have that shift on, he'll bunt again. Uh, I definitely think he will. You know, he has become. A really interesting guy, uh, just in that he's he's got one of the ugliest averages you'll ever see for a guy who might make the all-star team. Uh, but the on-base percentage, the power, and now this, you know, if he can bunt for these singles, he's suddenly one of the most valuable people on the team. Uh, I mean, he already is in a lot of ways because the rest of the team is so depleted. Uh, but I mean, I think we see Yasmani and because bunt. our backup can't really catch. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, let's just settle this. Everyone who's who thinks giving away Collins for a good trade is in a good trade is too much. 
you can stop now. We can get rid of Collins. We can get rid of Collins. I know that it commits us to Sebi Zabala being the backup for the rest of the year, but you also have your mean. He still hasn't caught a game. I just don't understand why he isn't given a chance. He's, he's caught one inning. One why? Inning. And we've had a bunch of blowout games, mostly winning and a few losing. Why hasn't he been in there? That Jerry and Aaron's supposed to be teaching catchers. Why isn't he spending time with your mean every day? Your mean is really good at throwing out runners, which Zach Collins can do once every five years. Uh, and I, is his stance such that he can't give a low uh, target or something? Well, then why aren't they working? I, I don't get it. It makes no sense. I mean, it's so illogical that we're sitting out here having the conversation of, uh, is Sebi Zavala really going to be the backup catcher? When well, we have a, another catcher on the roster who's there every day. Like, it, it's so bizarre to me that they're not trying to make your mean work as the backup. Uh, just because it gives you a reason to play your mean still. Um, because once Aloy comes back. Right. I mean, because uh, once Aloy comes back, it's clear now that your mean, the Yerminator days are over. Once Aloy comes back, we will be playing, we will be DHing Aloy every day. I mean, the the kid is just too freaking good at hitting to not be playing him. Uh, I made a joke on Twitter today, not a joke, uh, a reality that you and I need to consider going to Charlotte. Uh, it, it could be worth a flight to see the Jimenez, Robert, maybe Adam Engel or Adam Eaton minor league outfield with Michael Kopech pitching. I mean, the greatest minor league team in the history of minor league baseball for that day. Uh, just imagine seeing Aloy and Luis batting in AAA baseball together. Oh, my gosh. And it, I mean, likely going to happen that those two, you know, I doubt Engel will be down there with him or Eaton will be down there with him. But the the idea that even Eaton those shouldn't two, even be in AAA. That's too high a level for him. Yeah, he should be part of the, like, single-A, low, non-affiliated, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever the Great Lakes team is in the suburbs of Chicago that probably doesn't exist anymore. He should be on that team. Uh, the other great moment last night, and we should move on to other things besides one game, but <laughs> I still, nobody's had an explanation of what the hell was on Nelson Cruz's mind. When, <laughs> did we watching at that moment? He had, he had a very sharp single to left. It was like 111 exit velocity. Rounds the bag at first. The ball is in Andrew Vaughn's hand when he gets to first. Stops. Not complete stop, but just slows as you normally would after you've rounded first. And then for incredible reason, I don't know what it could be, decided to go for second. Vaughn could have stopped in the stance to pick up one of those great big nacho helmet things and finished it off and then walked the ball to second and gotten Cruz. I mean, <laughs> all I'm going to say is Cruz, he's, he's 43 or whatever he is, 51. He's wiser than me. So I guess uh, whatever he was doing made sense. Uh, no, it was, I have, I, obviously, I have no explanation for why Nelson Cruz would ever try to go to second on a base hit. Uh, glad he did. Loved it. Loved his work in that moment. 
He made a couple very weird decisions last night. He also uh, swung at a, a terrible pitch, I think, on a 2-0 when, or 3-0. When they had us on the ropes. Yeah. Swung at a slider that was never anywhere near the strike zone. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what that is in a lot of ways too, though. It, it's the Jose Abreu got to do it myself mentality. Yeah. And you know, Nelson Cruz and Jose Abreu are pretty comparable players in a lot of ways. And the Twins, I mean, the Twins need to win this series, <laughs> and they need to win it badly. And it's just not happening for them. And you got. Josh Donaldson, who's being a real jerk all the time. And, you know, it doesn't seem like team chemistry's great. And Byron Buxton's hurt again. And, you know, the Twins are, they're now looking at, at do or die. And so I think that's why you, because, you know, if Nelson Cruz somehow makes it to second, that is going to rally the squad a bit. <laughs> um, I mean, they're all going to be like, what and just to get well, it's certainly going to make all of us who are on Medicare feel really good. Even yeah, if he's on the opposing team. I mean, I I love Nelson Cruz. I have no clue what the hell was going through his mind last night during that game, but my guess would be it's sort of an Abreu uh, uh, an Abreu hero uh, type of scenario. Uh, but I'm just thankful we got that win. Hendricks, man, Hendricks last night and recently. Makes you nervous. And I, I think Hendricks is very affected by the enforcements. Uh, I think there's a big difference in uh, how much his fastball is, is staying up. And he's lost the slider, except for occasionally. I mean, it's just crazy. I, Zach Collins never should have let two wild pitches get by the way he did, but that's because he's Zach Collins. But still, they were wild pitches. Uh yeah, uh, Hendricks is, is one shaky. thing. Um, one thing that is is really problematic right now uh, is that yes, they're they're clearly eliminating a lot of the sticky substances because we're seeing the spin rates go dramatically down. Uh, White Sox pitcher is not excluded, um, but unfortunately, our pace of play is not going to get better, and this is. This was a sort of Tyler Glasnow's argument of if you're going to do this, fine, don't do it in the middle of the season because we obviously have to adjust and it takes time to adjust. And I think what we're seeing now are the pitchers, we're watching them adjust. So we're watching them throw a lot of balls, a lot of really bad pitches, a lot of hanging pitches. What what I really noticed last night, and I wanted to bring this up, and this, this was on Lucas, on Giolito. His spin rate is way down. So yeah, Donaldson may have had a point, just as, but it applies to all pitchers, not just him. Um, but what happened, he had one strikeout last night. And that wasn't until fifth or, fifth or sixth inning. And normally he strikes out a guy in inning. But what he did have, and... and Again, I'll go back to uh, Dr. Alan Nathan last week, who's the expert on this, and, and what he said that this difference that's going to be in the spin rates, you're not. It's not like all of a sudden nobody slider slides or whatever. It's going to be a half inch to an inch. Yeah. Because you know you talk about spin rates of 2,500, but that's revolutions per minute. It it's less than half a second getting to the plate. Right. The different the difference is one revolution of the baseball. That's the difference. One little turnaround. Um, 
So what you saw, because uh, G. Little G. Little throws high fastballs. I mean that high fastballs and changeup. That's what it is. Spin's not a big deal on the changeup. No much spin to it anyway. Big deal on the high fastball. And what he was getting was a huge number of fouls back. There were some very long at bats yeah. because guys were just fouling back high high heat after high heat, which they would have missed by half an inch. Instead, they're just nicking it back, and, and it's going back in the stands or back against the screen. And I think that may actually extend games because it's not just him. He's just an example of it. Uh, and I think that may make games longer because we're going to have more foul balls. We're going to have fewer yeah. swings. And he had almost no swings and misses last night, I think, seven or eight of them. They're just very few. It was uh, very noticeable. Foul balls. Yeah. Very noticeable, the the amount of foul balls and, and the amount of, of foul balls off high fastballs that are just getting a little bit of it. And, and that's the same, same thing with Hendricks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, high heat. A hundred percent. And I mean, that really does go to what Alan was saying about uh, the ball just being a half inch difference. Cause that of course is the difference uh, or the spin causing a, a half inch difference. That of course is the difference between a swing and a miss and a foul ball in baseball. It's a game of inches, and a lot of times it's a game of quarter inches or half inches, uh, and and I think that's exactly what we're seeing. And while that will ultimately lead to more contact, putting the ball in play, it is going to lead to a lot of foul balls and also a lot of walks. I think because when you get to these guys who are fouling off the ball four or five times, well, you're most likely going to be seeing a full count if you're going to fall, foul the ball off that many times, which means you're going to potentially walk. Um, we're going to see more walks or at least more just long at bats. Um, I have no fix for this. I don't want to like say we got to fix something and then we try to fix it and then just complain about it right away. So let's just give it time to adjust <laughs> and, and see what happens. Again, we need a, a slightly larger sample size, um, but we should take a break here uh, and, and come back and chat some more. Uh, we covered last night's game. We have a, a couple more against the trades coming up. I think we should talk trades. Yeah, talk trades, whether they're going to happen or not. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. Uh, We've talked a lot about the guys who are on the team. Uh, Let's talk about guys who potentially could be on the team uh, even by the end of this week. Uh, certainly by the end of the month, um, <laughs> let's hope. And uh, what, what do you no, have this thoughts? is the end of the month. You can make it be the end of July. <laughs> yes, the end of next month, yeah. Uh, so first off, of course, Eduardo Escobar being the the main trade discussion. Talk, MLB trade rumors has been saying for five days in a row that talks are progressing with no details beyond that. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Uh, well, yeah, you read, oh, the Sox weren't giving up anything or the Diamondbacks want a lot. The Sox don't have much in the, in the system to give up. Uh, 
I don't blame the Diamondbacks. They know the Sox are in big trouble. They need a second baseman badly. Danny Mendick is not good and going downhill. I mean, he's fine defensively, but offensively pretty much useless. Uh, Lauri is slightly better, but we are going to need him in the outfield until some guys come back because that situation is pitiful. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're going for Escobar, I think you have to give up something. Maybe I, I think Sheets being up could be a, a demo uh, as a possibility that he would go for, for Escobar. Uh, more likely, it'll be somebody in the minor leagues. But I know all the commentators on our site and others are going, well, we shouldn't give up this guy or that guy. And then they'll say, well, here's what we should give. <laughs> it'll be, you know, a beer vendor in Winston-Salem <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yes, he's a rental, uh, and and you don't want to give up everything for a rental. But basically, Lance Lynn is a rental, and we gave up six years of Dane Dunning for him. So I think we can take a you know some guys that are decent prospects but have nowhere to go in our system, and and trade them to the Diamondbacks for Escobar. And others are saying, well, we want Frazier. Well, yeah, <laughs> we do want Frazier. That would be nice. That would be better. Uh, that Adam Frazier is going to cost you. And it's going to cost perhaps more than the Sox even have in their system, other than having to include a Vaughn or a Sheets or uh, even a Madrigal who would be back next year for the Pirates. Uh, I I think Adam Frazier is is completely unrealistic unless you're willing to give up Vaughn. Uh, I, I don't see a world where the Pirates don't take any major leaguers for Adam Frazier. I know that they're rebuilding and they'll definitely want prospects, but they're also going to need somebody who can come in and, and start playing for them now if they're going to trade away their star like that. they got nothing to play for. I mean, they got to give the fans something, and they're going to want a huge haul for Frazier. It is. It might be a sort of a fluke season, which makes me nervous about Frazier. He's a good ball player, don't get me wrong, but giving up that much for Frazier, and it will be that much. Uh, I just don't know that it's worth it. For Escobar, I say if people if they're willing to take just minor leaguers, give them up. Give them up. I mean, we're we're in a spot right now where we have to try to be winning. And I can't blame the team for not being better right now. This team is a shell of what it was supposed to be because of injuries. Uh, but we we need someone. We need someone to come in. We need someone who's got some pop because we don't have a lot of guys hitting home runs. And I'm sure you saw the stat last night of the different the run differentials uh, when the White Sox have hit and have not hit a home run in the game. Um, it's mind-blowing. It, it is really really jarring we we need yeah, to I, guys get the ball out. I, I don't think how that we're no matter how bad it may be for done that we're desperate in the regular season and I, I i don't the division yeah. is so incredibly weak you know the Sox are 14 games over 500 13 of those are in the division and one's in the national league central which is also pathetic i think we're four and three there leaving us 500 with the East and West, which is where our opponents would come in the postseason. And seven of those wins, four over Baltimore and three over Texas, seven and zero against those two teams. We'll pat it again with another Baltimore series next week. And uh, plus 0 and 7 against New York and Houston. Yeah. Uh, and we're not really now. Yes, we get 
Deloitte back and Robert back, and they're both healthy. And the the fact that they missed months of the season doesn't negatively affect them. Maybe positively affects them. They're rested. Uh, then yes, then then we become competitive again. A little relief pitching wouldn't hurt. Uh, what Evan Marshall's still doing in the major leagues, I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, though I should put a plug. I'm going to knock Marshall for not just last night, but the whole season. Ryan Burr, he's kind of come out of nowhere and been great. Yeah, yeah. And he, he looked really, great again last been all night. Right. Yeah, he has been a really pleasant surprise. Uh, kind of right when we need it. Here's my hot take. Here's my hot take for trade. Did talks. you know at the same time we had Hamilton and Burr in the in the, in the lineup? Of course, you know that I pointed <laughs> that out to my to Bryce, my wife. Uh, because I was like, ooh, something that might get her more interested in this. We have a <laughs> Hamilton and a Burr on the field at the same time. We actually used to have a Hamilton and a Burr both in the bullpen uh, when when we right. had Ian Hamilton, but uh, Billy's a cooler Hamilton to have. Plus, he's more in line with the inclusive casting of the show, which I appreciate. Um, my hot take is that we do not trade for anything but relief pitching. And I know that a lot of people are going to say you're an idiot, but we need, we are in such a bad division and we are playing the NL Central, which is such a bad division that I don't think we need those people to win this division. And it's all about just staying afloat until we get everyone back. You know, I, I don't, necessarily believe we should give up a lot for Escobar. I don't even think we should give up a lot for Frazier. I think we should sit still, let our guys kind of suck at second base, and just start bringing in people as they come back from injury and start to see what the team really looks like. I know that that is not going to be popular, (laughs) but for me, it's the bullpen. Our starting pitchers are great. Even with the removal of sticky stuff, I think they're going to be fine. Our relief pitchers have been horrible for the most part, uh, at least compared to expectations. Um, I don't think we go for another position player that we have to give up a lot to have him. Because there's also no real guarantee to me that Eduardo Escobar is going to come in and be great. And he's good but he's also in his 30s, and I just don't – there's nothing appealing to me about that rental. At least with the Lance Lynn rental, I'm like, okay, we're going to get a workhorse. He's at least going to be like an under-four ERA guy. With Escobar, I just don't know that he's going to come in and produce much more. Uh, He could, and he certainly knows how to field the position better, although, you know, Mendick's a gold glove finalist technically. Um, (laughs) whatever that was about, but I would actually sit, I would sit still at second base. I would just play with who we got. I would take the pressure off. I would, I would, you know, keep sheets around, let them, let them play some more without, before we send them down, get Eloy back, get Robert back, get Angle back. Eaton, I don't really care about, uh, you know, we have a lot of guys who we are still waiting on. If we were in the East or the West, yes, you have to trade. You have to trade your best prospects immediately because you could not survive in those divisions with this lineup. 
but we're not in those divisions. We are in the the poopy poopy AL Central. Uh, we're we're a Cleveland team that is just garbage is somehow two and a half games behind us. So and 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 and, and very badly injured garbage, hugely injured. Now, we we yeah. we we moan about our injuries and and certainly have good reason to, especially in the outfield. Losing one infielder for most of the season that probably happens to most teams in most years. It's just yeah. something that happens. But we've lost so many outfielders, but. We've basically lost no pitchers. Kopech has been out for, for a few weeks, which is, has hurt the relief pitching. But that's it. The starting pitching, Lance Lynn missed one turn with his sore back. That's it. That's amazing. Cleveland has lost almost its entire rotation. I looked through the entry list uh, that somebody puts up for, for the whole major leagues. and like every team had at least two starting pitchers on the 60-day and and probably five starting pitchers on the on the ten day. Uh, everyone, we've been incredibly lucky with pitching, as as lucky with pitching as we have been unlucky with outfielders. Right, and so that brings me to my next point of my hot take of don't trade for an infielder. It's July. We have not had a starter get hurt. We are playing as if the starters will never get hurt. And what do we do? If we trade away what we have and two of those guys go down in July, then your season's over. Then you're screwed even in the AL Central. So for me, I would rather keep our guys, power through till we can get people back, and save those prospects for the likely event that one of our starters gets hurt in the next month. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope we continue to have the good luck that we've had with our starters. I really like them all. I hope they all stay. But you do need to kind of plan on one of them getting hurt. And then we will really need those prospects to get us a new uh, a pitch. And, and, and one of them getting hurt in a way that is either season-ending or, or very close to it. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the fix of getting a second baseman... It's just not as important to me as keeping the few trade chips that we have in the pot for if something happens over this next month. Because, you know, if, what, if, what if Anderson gets hurt? What if Moncada gets hurt? What if a starting pitcher gets hurt? There are way bigger fish to fry in those scenarios than replacing Nick Madrigal for a few months. If Grandal gets hurt, we're in real Grandal gets hurt, I don't even want that <laughs> And then uh, we're saying that about he's now a 180 hitter, incidentally. He was a 130 hitter about three or four oh, weeks ago. Dude is dude is slaying right now. Dude is just he, he he can't not get a hit right now. He's hitting 180. He's he's almost up to Adam Dunn. Uh not quite. Not quite, but he's almost there. Yeah, so I mean I am a firm believer that we should not trade these guys to get a second baseman. I get it. It's going to be hard to watch a lot of fumbling over there. But when you're talking about a team that has just absolutely been decimated by injuries and guys that aren't, we're, we're hearing good news about Aloy. We're hearing good news about Luis at this point. Again, you never know if that good news will come to fruition. But we we have to try to play with the hopes that we are going to, in October, look like the team we thought we were going to look like in April or May when Luis went down at least. 
I, and, I think what they have to do is publish. You know, they've been publicizing uh, that Eloy is feeling good and about to work out and all that. And the same thing for Louise. We got to publicize that Adam Eaton is becoming totally healthy. He's overcome every injury that that he's ever had. And man, as he's swinging it sweet in the in the in practice and getting set, got to really get the publicity machine talking about how incredibly good. So Adam we can Eaton. trade him. <laughs> and, and, and we'll be willing to take the entirety of his salary and the buyout for next year. <laughs> we'll pay it. <laughs> I mean, we've seen teams do that with players before. Uh, you know, if we can if we can get rid of Adam Adam Eaton uh, by paying for it, I'm fine with that. I think that's a good move. I think uh, just getting him out of there. I'll take a uh, I'll, I'll cover his whole contract and I'll take one of those uh, single A non affiliated uh, ball players that we were talking about. One of the guys making eighty bucks a year uh, playing professional baseball. But uh, yeah, I I think we don't trade for Escobar. I think we don't trade for Frazier. I would much rather have Adolfo and Sheets in and Vaughn even in the pool. If we need a good starter or need a great reliever later as we get closer. Again, if we were in another division, totally different story. But all we have to do is be better than Cleveland. That's it. And I think right now, 14 games over 500. I think if we play 500 the rest of the season, 14 games over would be 88 and 74. That wins this division easily. I agree. I, th- I think if we play 500 the rest of the year, we we still win the division. And I think we'll actually play potentially just above that. And as guys start to come back, you know, it might start rolling even more in, in late August, September. You could see a nice winning streak as the team comes back together. And that is why I do not want to spend, spend, spend at this deadline on a second baseman. Because we get Nick back. You know, it's it wasn't career ending. You know, it's it's going to be the end. It's just going to be the year. I I just don't think it's a smart move. I I think we need to play. We need to play against the division that we are in, and then prepare for the playoffs with the team we thought we would have this year. I I think that's the way to go. Otherwise, we're going to end up we're going to end up losing anything we could trade for a second base rental and that is so not sexy uh i i would stand still i would i would sit on it and and i realized that a month ago on this podcast i was like we have to make moves and i still think we do have to make moves i just don't think it's for a second baseman all right i think that can be the final word i think it can and i'm sure people are going to think i'm an idiot for it but they will learn that i'm a genius for it time will tell uh you got anything else today no i'm good all right well uh you've you've heard it here uh comment argue with us call us names harass us on twitter do whatever it is that you like to do uh we will take it like champs uh may even dish it back a little so watch out uh but thank you for listening and we will see you next time on sharing socks